0: Monday morning, it's the Boys of Tech. This is episode 83 for Monday, the 13th of September 2010. My name is Edwin Herman. Brett King's name is Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Howdy. Hey, Brett, you're a Top Gear fan, aren't you? I most definitely am. Well, a few weeks ago, they unveiled who the Stig was. Well, they didn't really unveil, did they? Well, they didn't, (laughs) but... It has been revealed, I should say.
1: Yes, it yes. has. Oh, what, naughty Stig.
0: What do you make of it? Go on, what do, you, what do you make of all that?
1: Are, are you Are you annoyed? Are you... I'm as annoyed and upset as Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> has reported that he is. It's the entire appeal of the Stig is the mystery about the Stig. And, you know, this is the, the second Stig they've had. The first Stig was... Knocked off because he decided that he was going to reveal himself, and this one has been yeah revealed because he's done a book deal, and so now he's been kicked off too. So yeah, well, th-
0: the thing is that with this case, with this one, he he wants to. It's for his autobiography. He wants to be able to say who he is.
1: Well, yeah, but he can't do that when he's breaching his own contract, can he? Part of the well, contract I mean, he- of being the Stig is that. You don't reveal that you are the Stig. If you're going to do an autobiography and reveal that you're the Stig, you're breaching the contract. Well, of I think the, he has a expe- Stig.
0: Well, he did say he expects that he's that's going to be the end of him. Yeah, well, in terms uh, of and a of his, was. His <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but the thing because is, because BBC
1: ex- has been, BBC and Top Gear have kept such a tight control over you know the actual identity of who the Stig is. It is part of the mystique and mystery of that character and of um Top Gear. To have it revealed completely destroys that. And you can no longer be the stick if people know who you are.
0: Okay, but he's happy to do that. He's happy to end that because he knew the, the risks. So yep. th- doesn't that make it okay because he, 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 he wants out? Pres- well, it's more
1: the way that it was done. All this happened. Not, he didn't leave the show and then reveal himself. He was still part of the show.
0: Oh yeah, and a- he was and revealed
1: j- through court proceedings, right? So it's really he was kind of like sticking it to the the crew and the the, the people involved in Top Gear by doing it that way. But then they can should just have get a, out. Stick. They can get another stick. So well, he, yeah, you know? they can. Well, they can. Yes, but it's more about being the betrayed. Really, it is a betrayal of that trust. If he had left and then revealed that he was the Stig for those seven seasons, then that's fine. But the fact that he was still, for all intents and purposes, the Stig and revealed through a court case, it's kind of sticking it to the, the rest of the, the Top Gear guys But surely and all of the fans. It's like, why would you do that?
0: But do you see a difference between him saying that it's him and someone else kind of ruining it, if
1: you like? Well... If it was somebody else, then it's just conjecture, isn't it? It's like yeah, me saying, if someone, yeah, okay, but it's someone, like me buying a T-shirt that says, "I'm the Stig" on it. Well, just, yeah, you know, but
0: what if what if it's someone that says, "Look, I have it on good account that it
1: is such and such." Well, it's been done before. There's been lots of conjecture and rumor about who the Stig could possibly be. Has anyone had you it? Just did need anyone to, get
0: it right before? No, no one had it right.
1: Well, even if they did, nobody. No one would have known anything that it was out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. nobody ever let anything slip. So it was all conjecture. So it's like saying that, and, and they played up on it. Uh, during the show, they had one episode because they, you know everybody used to think it was Michael Schumacher, and they had one episode where the Stig revealed himself on the show, and it was Michael Schumacher underneath it. And it was like, oh, wow, they played up the fact that, you know, it must be Michael Schumacher. But then at the end of the episode, they showed some footage of Michael Schumacher driving really crap around the the circuit. And it's like, oh, I, I guess it isn't really him. So they've played off on that, but it's always been about, there's that mystery of who the stick is and the whole mystique and appeal of that character is based on the fact that nobody knows. And the fact that the BBC and the Top Gear crew are so tight lipped about it to keep that mystique by revealing yourself while you're still supposedly that character is just, you know, kicking them when they're down. What's the point?
0: Oh, so I suppose if you had it your way, you'd have rather that
1: not have happened. I would rather it have not have happened, but so, But then is it fair not, for the guy who, he
0: can't publish his autobiography unless, because, I mean, that's an important part of his autobiography. Well, yes, but he can do that when he leaves. Oh, I see. Okay, so you're saying what he should have done is he, he should have left, let them get yeah. a, a, a replacement, and then come out and, and said, hey, it was me and I've got an autobiography, etc., etc.
1: Precisely. It's what the previous dig did. Right. <laughs> he's not the first stig.
0: No, no, that's true.
1: The first, and, and stig he's got, obviously not the last either. Well, it depends. Well, they might uh, decide not to have another stig.
0: Oh, you think they might you, go for oh. something else? Oh, I, see. I think
1: it would be weird to not have a stig. But they might. Yeah, they'll obviously have to bring in a new stig. Maybe the the previous one got killed off by something else, eaten by wild ducks or something.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see that, what they do.
1: It will be quite interesting to see what they do, whether or not they mm. bring in a new Stig or, or bring in something new. I think they'll probably stick with the Stig.
0: What would you want? Would you? I mean, being oh, a fan I think of the just show, the Stig. You'd like to see another Stig?
1: The, the Stig is part of Top Gear. Right, it's part okay. of what that show it's is. What I
0: make. Okay, that's what makes yeah. the show.
1: The Stig and all of his random relatives from around the world. It's it's all part of it. Okay, and so they'll yeah, just kill off the previous Stig say he blew up in something and yeah bring in a new one I can understand that
0: okay let's kick off the show with our first story we've only got four stories to talk about this week the first of which is the rumour uh, talking about rumours Brett <laughs> the mm. rumour that Google is going to launch a music service before Christmas and is likely to be subscription based wow apparently it's in advanced talks with record labels right now
1: yes yes so it is rumoured what do you so, make of that? <laughs> it doesn't massively surprise me. Google likes to stick their fingers in every pie they possibly can. And we know Google has quite a bit of rivalry with Apple going on at the moment. So
0: Yeah, they do, don't they?
1: Yeah, so what's one of the big things that Apple has? <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> so that's something that Google hasn't gone for yet, but... Apparently
0: an insider in the music industry reckons they stand a good chance to... Uh, to compete with
1: iTunes? Well, they've got the mass, don't they? They, they do. have the bulk do. to do it.
0: it's a very well recognized brand. I mean so is Apple, but you know, that's the point. Google is too.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've got a definite shot at being a big player in the market. Apple does have the the advantage. Everybody knows iTunes. Everybody knows that branding. So But through, Apple so, through still has that through them
0: through search i think everyone will know the google music service as well eventually yeah yeah you know because it'll be plastered everywhere they'll be into you know you search you can imagine this searching for a song or, or some lyrics or something on google and on the right hand side by now you know yeah. by now uh, you know 99 cents and you click the link i can yeah. see it now that's how that, that's what i'm sure that's what they're going to do if the, if this comes into fruition and <laughs> integrating into the android operating system i mean you'll have the itunes well the, sorry the google well, music store
1: I think the most interesting thing to see how they do it will be through YouTube because at the moment whenever you do any music searches or anything through YouTube what pops up at the bottom the ability to purchase that song via iTunes I've
0: seen the little bit that pops up but I didn't realise it was through iTunes because I kind of ignored them but oh that's interesting yeah look that's going to change surely
1: yeah yeah so there'll be some negotiation stuff going on there
0: interesting Wow, you know, it seems to me that Google—it's almost as if they're going after Apple. It's almost deliberate, you know. All I need to do now is release a G Pod or something.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once they've done G Tunes, I'm making the names up, by the way. Said. So <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of our listeners who think there might be something to do that.
1: Like, and, uh, and it but, wouldn't be called a G-Pod or G-Tunes. We know <laughs> no. Google always puts Google at the front of the name of whatever well, it, it is. Well, Gmail. Something generic at the end of it.
0: Well, well yeah, Gmail. but That's where I got that from, you know.
1: Yeah, but that really is Google Mail.
0: Yeah, you're. well, it is. And, and you know, like you say, everything else is Google Maps and uh, Google Earth.
1: Yeah, Google Maps, Google Earth. This would be, well, Google Music.
0: And the Google Pod if they do a hardware device.
1: Yeah, but I doubt it'll be called Pod.
0: <laughs> nah, yeah, well, that's the thing. Anyway, uh, beyond speculation on what, what things will be called, uh, you know, it, as you said, it doesn't surprise me either, massively, that, you know, if this turns out to be true, I, I'm not that surprised. I mean, mm. they've, got, they've got the ability to do it. And as you say, they've got a following, they've got a great brand at the moment, or they've had for a while, actually. So mm-hmm. they can leverage off that. It, can. It, it all makes sense. It, it, it will it just does. fit into place really nicely. And of course, the searches we, we talked about and, and through YouTube, they'll be able to promote the music, uh, the sale of the music through, through there, as you suggested. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Do we need another store? I mean, the thing is... Well, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Do we need another store? <laughs> do we store? need another store? Is, is, are they actually going to succeed with it? We, well, we know they've got the mass to actually do it, to provide it, but... Will it succeed? Because well, not everything Google's done has succeeded. No, well, it's, the other, that's true. The other things yeah. that they've released, which have just bottomed out because nobody there's no interest in in another one of something that is already provided elsewhere that is synonymous and everybody knows.
0: Well, the most recent example but, is Google Wave.
1: Exactly. So it could very well bomb, but, but you know, the we thing won't is, know until we see it.
0: We talked about the beginning of, of our little segment here that this is likely to be a subscription service. And and mm-hmm. according to the stats, that is what appeals most to people now. People are more and more wanting to ditch the buy and own model in favor of the subscription model. And that could be the uh, the point of difference.
1: Well, it is about the, the two prongs that are rumored uh, for this Google Music. One is to be the digital download sort of thing, which iTunes currently dominates. But the other is to be that sort of digital music collection where you purchase the song but it is instead stored in cloud storage so that you can download it to your MP3 player whether you're sitting at home, sitting at work or sitting in a pub in the deepest, darkest Amazon with a broadband connection so that you would have access to your songs anywhere in the world.
0: That would incur a subscription fee, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: that would be mm. part of the subscription fee is to maintain your, your digital you know, your digital music collection in the cloud. But then Apple has already rumored to be developing that sort of cloud-based music locker themselves. And that'll probably come out before Google gets theirs.
0: You yeah, see, that's that kind of interests me because, well, I mean, you know, this this is probably just Apple responding to, to the market, but mm-hmm. the fact that they're doing it and Google is, I, I don't know, this... I think you know, it's funny because I'm not one of these people. I, I don't really care about storing my music in the cloud. I just want... No, neither. I, yeah. I'd, I'd much rather
1: have it where I can get at it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, old, Everybody's old got MP3 then. players these days, which can hold yeah. basically their entire music collection on them. So I'm, yeah, of two minds about these sorts of services. It's, why would I want to pay a monthly fee to keep all of my music in the cloud so that I can get access to it when I'm overseas when I could just take my MP3 player with me overseas and it's got all my music on it anyway. And if I get more music or anything, it's on my computer at home. But so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. So
0: You know, all the 18 and 19-year-olds listening to us are thinking, man, you guys are so old-fashioned.
1: Probably, probably. <laughs> we, we are more of the, we want it and we want to own it. And they're more of the, we want it anywhere we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a lot of that is, you know, not thinking about the fact that, you know, you've got your MP3 player with you, so you've got it everywhere you go anyway.
0: All right, well, that's Google Music. On to our second story. Sony is apparently releasing, not surprisingly, a mandatory update for the PlayStation 3, which is rumoured to fix the well, in fact, prevent the jailbreak that we talked about last week from, from taking effect on the PlayStations.
1: Completely unsurprising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's completely unsurprising. It's, as soon as this uh, jailbreak was announced, I immediately thought, I wonder how long it's going to take Sony to produce the next firmware well, update. Well, Brie, you
0: know, this, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I am surprised at how quickly it happened.
1: Yep. I knew well, what happened, it but actually, I didn't realise it happened so quickly. I'm not actually surprised at how fast it took Sony to release this because they had direct access to the code itself because the code was released as software, wasn't it? To yes. download off the net, which yeah, means but still. Sony developers downloaded it off the net, reverse engineered it, and worked out what it was doing, and then boom. You've yeah, been a week to turn it around to test
0: and through their labs and, um, I, you know...
1: Well, it's huh. quite possibly using an incredibly simple thing. An incredibly simple bit is what made it work. And they've just turned off that bit. They go, oh, it uses that. Well, we'll just turn that off.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. Ding, bang,
1: bang, <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> Might have been that simple. It's like, oh, it's using that. It's using that API call right there. Well, what else uses that? Nothing else except the depth stuff. Oh, we'll just turn that off then.
0: So what's the update version? It's uh, 3.42, isn't it? Yeah, 3.42. So what are you on at the moment on your PlayStation right now? Uh,
1: I, I can't recall. 3.4 or whatever was the, the one that came out Yeah, week before last. So you're fairly up to date. Yep. And But this doesn't bother you anyway, does it? Cause you- no, because I, I wouldn't use it anyway.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> people are saying, you know, you could do what people were doing with the iPhone, and that is once you've jailbroken your device, just don't update it.
1: Yeah. Well, you could. They were saying that anyway when Sony produced the firmware which removed the other OS option. They explicitly stated that if you wanted to maintain your other OS option, then don't update. So, can you But even if you go want back? to use any of the other, if you want to go to the PlayStation Network or use any of the brand new games, then you will need to update. But if you wanted to maintain the do- other OS, you don't. So this is basically the same thing. If you want to maintain your ability to run homebrew or run pirated games or games you've copied onto the hard drive, don't update. But otherwise, So update. what
0: software version was the, the one where, that, that took away the um, the other OS?
1: Uh, that was ages ago. I can't recall.
0: Could you even go back to that? I mean, because you're ahead of that now, like probably most people. Uh, can, can you ever go back? As or?
1: far as I'm aware, there's no way to downgrade.
0: You can't, you can't go... But What about, is there no factory reset to back to version 2 or 1 or whatever it was that it was shipped with?
1: No, uh, not that I'm aware of. Because I think that would be quite a big backdoor for any of Sony's plans to protect their device, having an inbuilt firmware restore. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> the thing is, if you're going, if you're it's down, ki- it's kind of a, a shoot yourself in the foot part. There, it's like, oh, we want to be able to update our firmware to, you know, fix bugs, prevent other things from happening, prevent people from misusing the, the hardware and whatever, breaking the license agreement, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, well, we better make sure that we've got the ability to factory reset the firmware. Nah, <laughs> I have not heard anything about there being any sort of factory reset or yeah, do of forget down. Download-
0: don't forget, though, that the people downgrading for a benefit, such as to be able to go back to the, to the, you know, to the state where you could install another OS, there is still a, uh, a disadvantage. You're missing out on some of the cool stuff, some of the new stuff, the new features. Yeah, but I'm pretty they, sure there is,
1: no, there is no functionality to do that. Right. You can't downgrade.
0: So really, the people out there who have jailbroken their, their, their PlayStation and want to keep it that way should never upgrade. Yep. Should never update their firmware. Should basically yep. leave it. Same as you, people you running
1: other OS. They, they can't update their firmware right. anymore and they will certainly not be able to get new games. Do you think uh, this
0: could uh, be worth a bit on the market, you know, on eBay? Could you sell your, your PlayStation if you've not updated it for a while and say, hey, you know, this has the other OS option still available and the ability to, you know, it's been jailbroken as well. Can you, Would that yeah. be worth something?
1: Yeah, possibly.
0: Because surely they get rarer and rarer if you can't go back.
1: Yeah, well, the the rarest ones are the old hardware ones which were released in the US and Japan. The ones which have the entire PlayStation 2 hardware within them as well. So you can play PlayStation 2 games on them without having to use software emulation.
0: Oh, so it's basically 2-in-1.
1: Yeah, yeah. All of the new ones are all not. All of the new ones are all software software emulation of PlayStation 2 and so they're not fully compatible with all PlayStation 2 games whereas the original ones the first edition PlayStation 3s that came out in Japan and the United States are actually have PlayStation 2 hardware inside them to run it so
0: but the PlayStation 3 part of those are are still have someone who's had one of those well, all the, They, still, would have yeah, the they latest... still get
1: updated. Yeah. right? Okay. You still update the firmware just like everybody else's. right? You so, just so have the added benefit yeah. of being able to... Well, you have a much smaller hard drive inside it, but then you could change that yourself anyway. And you've got the added benefit of all of the PlayStation 2 hardware. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those things. Those things go for Mint.
0: But you, or, you don't um, think just an, a, an ordinary standard PS3 that just hasn't been updated, you don't think that would have a market value simply because they're getting rarer?
1: Uh, not really, because if I went down to the game store down the road and bought a PlayStation 3, it wouldn't have this latest update on it either. It's probably got firmware several updates ago. Well, I okay. can't. I'm, I'm not necessarily meaning right now, but like in, not- <laughs> you know,
0: in months and months to come.
1: Eh, maybe. But um, there will probably be the people who created the jailbreak will be hard at work finding out what part of this new firmware update changes and seeing whether or not they can make their jailbreak work with the new update. So I'd just wait for that to happen.
0: Yeah, quite right. I'm actually backing up the wrong tree. You're right. The, the way forward really is the the next issue of the jailbreak. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a cat and yeah. mouse game, just like the, the iPhone always. and the iPod yeah. Uh, yeah, touch. Yeah. Always is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, on to Apple. Now they've done something pretty radical. They've opened up their rule book, which dictates which apps get accepted and which don't.
1: So now <laughs> developers can
0: see what those rules are. There's 113 of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not really opening up their rule book. It's more that they've now actually written one, <laughs> and they're not really rules. They're more what you'd say, what you'd call guidelines. <laughs> yeah, because Apple,
0: Apple still have the, the ultimate decision that they make. They make a, a judgment call. If, Indeed.
1: Yeah. Their review panel still has the, the ultimate decision. And this is just a 113 guidelines, for may, mainly for things that won't get you passed. So the, the 113 are basically exceptions that will not get you accepted. So don't do these things that we are saying. The biggest change was actually the changes to the developer license agreement. And that I thought was the the neatest part of this whole thing is they've opened up the development environment to those third parties which they had originally you know locked them all out. So Adobe Flash, when they when Adobe created that Flash compiler that would allow you to cr- develop a Flash app to be multi-platform and then use the Flash to iPhone OS compiler to. Compiler for the iPhone, that is now legal again. You can do that. And so Adobe's already announced that they have recommenced development on their Flash to iPhone compiler. And similar tools, those third party tools that allow you to develop for the iPhone, they're all back in the game now. Different ad networks. So you can include Google's ad network into your iPhone app now, whereas before you could only use Apple's. So yeah, everything in that part has opened up massively
0: fundamentally, though, beneath all that, the fact that they've actually released this is kind of, I, I think, a, a, a huge change in itself. Like, as a developer, you're kind of not going in blind thinking, well, can, can I do this? Can I not? Yeah. And then Use wait for scent. the rejection to come through saying, well, sorry, you can't you know, have this because of this reason. You now kind of know, I guess you know where you stand. That's what I'm trying to say yeah. before yeah. you submit your app.
1: Exactly. You know the likelihood that you're going to actually squeeze past. Yeah. And they should have done this from the beginning, really. <laughs> they should have, but they kind of didn't want to actually have to come up with those sorts of rules because then they would have to stick to them. Now there are actual rules, you know, well, guidelines to follow. The review panel has to follow them as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, but my understanding is that these, these things always existed. They just didn't publish them.
1: Yeah, because my understanding was that it they yeah it was a lot more loosey goosey than this, and they've now nutted them down too, oh okay. the creation of these hundred and thirteen mainly because they've been you know prodded recently by the the f t c so they've they've come up with these rules, and they've opened up their license agreement for developers, which I think is brilliant, absolutely stunningly brilliant, yep. <laughs>
0: But, you know, it's not these rules, these guidelines, rules, whatever you want to call them, they're not too dissimilar to others like Android, WebOS, BlackBerry no, and no. Windows. And they all Other have similar there are quite a few of...
1: more of them <laughs> in Apple's, well, there are yes. quite a few more guidelines. They all do cover very similar things. Uh, yeah, Android's list of do's and don'ts and the the WebOS from Palm and, uh, you know, even Windows Phone 7's selection criteria are, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised about that
0: because I thought Microsoft didn't care. I thought they were like, you can do anything on our system. No, no, no. no. They've got a very,
1: very clear set of things that you can and cannot do. Mainly cannot. Most of these are all, you know, these are things you cannot do. Uh, And the rest of it is open.
0: Well, I think it's a good move uh, on Apple's part. I think it kind of helps with, you know, any transparency is a good thing. Put it that way.
1: Indeed. And it was it was a matter of time before they had to release a set of guidelines. And it was a matter of time before they were poked into submission about the refusal to allow third party development applications. So it's good to see that they've embraced it now.
0: Mind you, transparency is not really something you want to do if you're on Facebook
1: no no not always this there's, is another yeah, yeah. of there's, the, there's the flip things side, isn't it? yeah it's another one of those flip sides to social networking and and twittering and those location-based applications which people run on their smartphones which say oh yeah, right now i'm sitting in a coffee shop well that's great you've now just told the world that you're sitting in a coffee shop you're not actually at home so any smart burglar. Now possibly knows that you're not home so now would be a good time to visit your house
0: Absolutely and that's exactly what was originally reported in, a, in an article apparently it was first thought that three men who were arrested for something like 50 burglaries just last month was because they were trawling uh, Facebook and Twitter and social networking sites like that, looking for clues when people say, oh, I'm on holiday or I'm at, the, like you said, at a coffee shop or whatnot. And yeah. then once they can determine the person's identity, go and burgle their house whilst they say that they're away. But it turns yeah. out that's not quite the case, though, is it, Brett?
1: No, it's not quite the case in this. Only one of those burglaries has any connection to Facebook whatsoever. And none of them have any connection to any of the Facebook places or those other location specific networks. But it does show you the potential of these things with, you know, synonymous usage of these different devices. You use your smartphone and note that you, you know, send a tweet that you're having a really nice cappuccino down at the local whatever cafe it is, and putting those onto the things, you're letting people know that you're not in certain places. And if some of those people have potentially nefarious plans, they now know that it's safe to go to those places. And so,
0: not just that, but also, these people are smart. If a few months ago you were bragging about your new 55-inch Sony TV... Mm-hmm. You know, they put two and two together. Well, hey, this guy said two months ago he's got a brand new 55-inch TV. Now he's saying he's at the coffee shop. I kind of know where he lives or where I think he lives. I might go take a snoop and maybe nick off with his TV. Well, you know. Indeed. So the more you give away, the greater the risk you are at being a victim. Now, as you said, the, the three that were recently arrested doesn't really turn out to be the case so much as it was first thought in terms of the connection with the burglars trawling Facebook. Uh, messages. Mm -hmm. But as you say, it does show you the potential and it has actually happened in other situations before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, there is that potential there with people becoming more and more open about what they're doing, where they're doing, all these sorts of things, sharing it with the world. People with nefarious intent have the ability then to use that information against you. So this is something that we never had in the past because you would never say that you were... You know, if you're talking about somebody in a coffee shop, you might mention it in the in the past tense. But generally, the only people you're talking about who know you're in a coffee shop are the other people in the coffee shop with you. Exactly. But now, when you're updating your Facebook status or sending out tweets about how brilliant your bagel is, you're letting anybody else who can see those things know that you're not at home or you're not in your office or you're not in other places or, and there's the counter to that is, you know, when you're supposed to be in a place and you send something, uh, <laughs> you're using yes. one of those geolocation services and you're supposed to be in your office, but really your geolocation service says that you're currently in Starbucks. Uh, you're yeah. <laughs> I wonder many people have
0: been caught out by that before.
1: Well, exactly. I bet that's happened. Well, we, there have been lots of people caught out by innocuous Facebook updates, you know, decided to throw a sickie, <laughs> and your boss happens to be one of your friends. <laughs> There's people being caught out by sharing too much about what you're doing and where you're doing it and not thinking about the repercussions of who else can see those things.
0: Well, you know, I almost got accused of that and I, I was sick one day from work. I I really was sick. I wasn't pulling a sickie. I didn't, I didn't do that, but I was sick. But I wasn't sick enough not to be able to phone the radio station in that morning and actually win a trip to Melbourne. And, mm-hmm. and one of my bosses, uh, well, in fact my boss's boss, heard me. And they kind of questioned, was I really sick that day or did I take the day off to try and phone, this, you know, phone the radio station to take part in the competition? And, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's a bit of a few jokes going around at work uh, when that happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. Anyway, Brett, that's our show, episode 83. Ah, nice short show. Yeah, well, not a lot happened this week, you know. I was really struggling to come up with uh, some interesting stories. And Mm. every now and again, you get these quiet weeks, but that's fine. We won't ram it on more than we need to. We'll see you all again next week, and we'll do it then. How about that? Yep. All right. Till then, take care, everyone. Thank you very much, Brett, for co-hosting the show with me once again.
1: Always a pleasure, Ed.
0: Thank you to all our listeners. You guys really make the show. And see you all again next week. Till then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.